0: This is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our
1: podcast. Okay. Check. I turn this thing on. Check, check, check. Good morning. How's it going? Good. As Chris said, my name is Isaiah Stoddard. I am the youth pastor here. I recognize I didn't I didn't say hi earlier, so I didn't introduce myself. So I gotta do that now. So how was your guys' Thanksgiving? Woo! Awesome. That was okay. Good. Mine was got. Mine was awesome. Okay, so I want, I-, I am gonna make you guys talk. Okay, so I want to hear all of you. What were you thankful for this year? Okay, three, two, one. What were you thankful for?
0: I say it's hard.
1: I heard lots of different things, but awesome. I am glad, seriously, why the only thing I hear was my own name? Who said Isaiah Stoddard? All right, come on, all right. So I'm going to tell you guys what I'm thankful for this year. This has nothing to do with my message. All right, nothing to do with my message. I'm gonna go into a little bit of a story, but again, this isn't really my message. And I was wondering why God like really put this on my heart, but now I'm like starting to understand why. So I'm gonna say it anyways even though it's, again, not part of the actual message. So some of you may know my dad. Who in here has met my dad before? There's probably a lot less hands now than there were a few years ago because my dad used to be on staff here, okay? And so he he was, he was worked with Pastor Jerry back a few years ago. And something that you guys might not know about my dad is that he was adopted, okay? And he never knew his biological parents, never had any connection with them. And um, growing up, I was always curious, like... I did have an awesome grandma, awesome aunt and uncle who adopted my dad, and I love them, and they are awesome, but I always wondered who, like, the biological parents, who are my biological grandparents, okay? And so I I always wondered, but I kept it to myself, it's like, I wanted to talk to my dad about it, but I was like, eh, eh, because he never really seemed curious, so I didn't want to go and, like, put that on him, because it's ultimately his thing, and, um interesting enough in his old age kind of softened up and he actually became curious to my shock and to much of our shock and he went onto a DNA website took his DNA test and against all the odds bam right on there someone else that is closely related to him also took the DNA test on whatever website he used okay and so he reached out to him and of course they were skeptical kind of weird like long lost brother what what are you talking about they didn't even know my dad existed but through an additional DNA test that uh, someone that was closer, uh, they took it and they confirmed that this was actually his biological family. Okay. And, uh, and eventually he developed a relationship with them. And this Thanksgiving, I got to fly down and meet my biological family. All right. I got to meet my half aunt and uncle. I have two sets of aunt and uncles who are awesome. I have some cousins and I have um, my biological father's wife, who is my additional grandma, and I got to meet an entire new portion of my family this year for Thanksgiving. I got to fly down to Texas, and it was awesome, okay? What this is all leading towards is I want you to know that everyone in this room, if this past Thanksgiving was a rough one for you, this is what my God does. My God restores families. Okay? If your families are broken, dysfunctional or separated, God is a God of restoration. It may take 25 years as it did in my case, 50 years in the case of my dad, but my God can do it and he will do it in his perfect timing. If you guys do not know the heart of God, this story will explain it to you. Okay, his timing might not be perfect for us. But it's his perfect timing. When my dad found his biological family, when he reached out and did that DNA test, he missed meeting his biological father by a few months. He passed away. And it's easy to look at that and think, God, if it was only just a few months, I could have met him. And I'm sure that's how my dad felt. If only, you know, just just if only I thought to do this a few months earlier. But I went down there Okay. And I was talking to my aunt. I was like, what was it like to meet, to, un- to like learn you have a whole new brother? And this story she told me represents the heart of God. She told me it was a horrible time for me. I just lost my dad and I was in mourning. And in that loss, my dad provided for me a brand new brother. He provided for me a brand new niece, new nephews. God is close to the brokenhearted, and I know for a fact that there are people in here brokenhearted today, and it has to do with their families. And if that is you, God can restore your family. And I was just wondering why did God put this on my heart? And I walked in here today and I saw some of the people in here, and I know now why God put this on my heart. God wanted me to let you know that He can't restore families. That is who my God is. And that is what I was thankful for this Thanksgiving. God is good. So, and with that, I'll go into my message. All right. So, before I left for think before I left for Thanksgiving vacation, before that entire awesome experience happened, okay? Candace came up and she's like, "I want you to talk about missions," and I was like, "Yeah, I got you." All right. Because listen, I love being a youth pastor. I love teasing your kids and teaching them about Jesus. It's fun. All right. But the something that really is the passion that is on my heart is missions. Every day I miss being overseas. Like I always think back to like some of the most amazing experiences in my life. I'm like, man, I wish I was back on the mission field overseas. Preaching Jesus to people who have never heard his name. I'm not complaining. God. I'm where God wants me. And I love teaching your teens. But this is a passion I have. And it's a passion that runs in my family. I'm going to talk more about my family now. Sorry. But okay. So my dad, my mom and my dad, they met in YWAM. What well, then it meets. They serve together in YWAM, Youth with a Mission. It's a mission organization. My brother, as many of you guys know, he's a missionary in Kenya. My sister, she was a missionary in Sweden. Me, I went to mission school and I've been all over. My dad, when I was growing up, he was a missions pastor. Missions is in my blood and it runs in my family and I love it. And how many of you are parents in here and you know that it is your job to instill your values into your children? I'm not a dad, I just hear dads talk about it, alright? So, this is what, but I know this is the job of a parent, to instill the values, alright? The Bible says, raise them up in the way they should go. And I have the honor and pleasure of my mom being here this morning. Because, like, she's the one... (laughs) who really helped with the instill these values not that my dad did into it but something that really sticks with me okay is that growing up my mom she had a prayer blanket okay and what this is it's a blanket of the world it's like a globe but on a blanket okay and every single night growing up she would lay down the prayer blanket and before we'd go to bed she'd say I want you to pick out a country tonight and you're going to pray for it you guys can steal this by by the way okay and many of you have come and you've uh Giving me compliments on the way that I pray, and that, that's all God. I'm not here to like puff myself up, but the, the, the prayer gift that God has given me, the heart for missions that has been instilled in me, can be traced back to that, those moments of prayer for the world. Okay? Raise them up in the way that they should go. These things that were instilled in me—it's so ingrained in my family because of the work that my parents had did. So, what is missions? What is missions? Well, let's define it. Okay, I, I looked up a definition. Missions—a mission is a specific task with which a specific person or a group is charged typically involving travel. So typically in church culture, when we talk about missions, we're like, oh, overseas, traveling overseas, going to preaching the people, lost people who have never heard the name of Jesus. Planting churches in other countries. Okay, that's typically what we contemporary audiences think of when we think of missions. Names like Jim Elliott, many of you who know Johannes Amritzer, okay? Um Reinhardt These names might ring a bell, and if they don't, okay. But these are names that come to people when they think about missions. But that's really just a part of missions, okay? As as the definition said, typically involving travel. To really understand what missions is, we have to understand that it's a bigger picture than just going overseas and telling people about Jesus. It's not about the traveling necessarily. It's about the task that is assigned to us. That's the bigger picture. The task assigned to us. So that begs the question for us, what's the task assigned to us? What's our task? What's my task? What's your task And I'll be answering that today, but not right now. Got to open it up with a question. Got to get you guys interested, all right? So when thinking through this sermon, I was trying to decide where to pull Scripture from. Water break. And the most obvious place being the book of Acts. Okay? When when the church talks about missions... Typically, thoughts go to the early church, man, because those guys were missionary monsters. They were out. They were doing it. The number one name that comes to mind. There he is. Paul. Yeah, Paul. That's the name that everyone thinks of whenever they think of missions, because Paul was the guy, man. All right. If you guys have read the Bible, Paul was the guy. All right. He went out on his missionary journeys and he tore up the world for Jesus. Okay, and That's usually what we think about. But I've been reading the Old Testament, guys. I've been reading the Old Testament recently, so that's what's more fresh up in here. Okay, So I've been reading, actually, about the OG missionaries. Paul's where it's at, don't get me wrong. This guy, he had his traveling ministries, and he, again, tore the world up for Jesus. But I'm thinking about the OG missionaries. These are the prophets. And I know that when we think of missionaries... Typically, we don't go to the Old Testament prophets and be like, yeah, that guy. All right. We don't really think of them as missionaries typically. At least I didn't. Maybe you guys were just way ahead of me, but. But in a sense, that's really what the Old Testament prophets were. They were missionaries. Missionaries of old. All right. Look, look, look at the definition again. I'll read it again. A specific task with which a specific person or a group is charged, typically involving travel. Prophets were specific people given a specific task by God which usually involved them bringing a message from God to kings, to nations, calling them to repentance. Stories that come to mind when I think of that. Elijah, Elijah, Okay, him witnessing to Israel, him versus the prophets of Baal versus Jezebel. Awesome stories like that. And the most clear example of prophets being a missionary. Does anyone know what prophet I'm thinking of? Jonah. Jonah. Okay, most of the prophets, they were prophets to Israel. Okay, They were there telling Israel what God has to say. God sent Jonah to a foreign nation to go and warn them about the coming judgment that they faced. This is the most clear example of prophets, prophets being early missionaries. All right, But today I'm not talking about Jonah, okay? Those are just some examples that come to my mind when I think about that, all right? Today, I want to talk about the first prophet, okay? The first prophet in all of the Bible is what I want to talk about today. The original missionary, the OG of the OG, okay? Who is it? This is an open forum, Who is I heard Noah? No, not Noah. Abraham no not Abraham. Not Isaiah. What? No, no, not him. No. Man, this is awesome. These guys don't know, so I get to tell them. This is sweet. All right, I was I would a, I was actually I was willing to accept two names because depending on how you interpret a specific scripture, it might suggest that Abel, like uh, uh, Adam's first son, was a prophet. But that 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 depends on how you interpret that specific scripture. It's not directly saying he was a prophet. Again, depending on how you interpret it. So I would have accepted Abel, but the one I'm thinking of is Enoch. All right. Enoch was the first prophet in the history of mankind. Interesting facts about Enoch. Okay. He is one of only two people in all of history to not experience death. Who was the other one? Elijah. Elijah. Elijah was the other one. Alright, right, Elijah was taken to heaven by a flaming chariot. Elisha witnessing it like, whoa, and Elijah's gone, Enoch, not so flashy. Okay, this is what it says about Enoch. We're simply told one day he disappeared because God took him. (laughs) Guys, he's probably like, he's up in heaven. He sees the flaming chariot go down. He's like, why didn't I get a ride in style? (laughs) What the heck, man? All right. He just disappeared because God took him. I mean still, I mean he didn't get to experience death, so I guess he can't really complain there. All right. So another interesting fact about Enoch is what his name means. His name means dedicated in Hebrew. Okay? And in a second we'll see why he was indeed dedicated. Another interesting fact. Enoch is the seventh generation from Adam. In the line of Seth, getting some biblical stuff now. All right. So this might not seem interesting or relevant at first, until you know a little bit about the line of Seth, and the meaning of number and uh, the meaning of the number seven in scripture. From Adam, okay. So Adam lived, ate from the tree. Sin came into the world. All right, he had Cain. He had he had uh, Abel. Abel was killed, and then he eventually gave birth to Seth. All right, and those were the two lines that the Bible talks about in Scripture: the line of Cain and the line of Seth. The line of Cain represents unbelievers. Okay, they were the people opposed to God and. No, I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Seth, so we got Cain. All right. The one that represents the unbelievers, people opposed to God. And then we have Seth's line. Seth's line were believers who were righteous and faithful to God. This is actually the messianic line. Leads to Jesus. Eventually, Jesus comes out of the line of Seth. And the number seven in scripture represents Completion, yeah. I I knew someone knew it. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, the number seven in Scripture represents completion. So what we have in Enoch is Enoch coming in a line that represents faithfulness to God, and then the seventh in that generation representing completion. Put those together, and it reveals Enoch's life represents a life lived in complete faithfulness to God. And that's also opposed to Lamech, I believe, pretty sure, yes, it is Lamech in um, in Cain's line. Lamech was number seven, and he represents the completeness of sin's manifestation in mankind. But Enoch, he was a man completely dedicated to God; hence his name. So now that I got you guys interested in Enoch, Enoch's interesting. Okay, we're gonna read all about Enoch today. Genesis 5, 18-24 up there on the screen. When Jared was 162 years old, he became the father of Enoch. After the birth of Enoch, Jared lived another 800 years and he had other sons and daughters. Jared lived 962 years and then he died. When Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years, walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day, he disappeared, because <laughs> Genealogy chapters, everyone. Yeah. Woo! Everyone's favorite age-turners, he gets to that point in the Bible, and Enoch begot then, and then begot that, and I get it, it's not not the most interesting, okay, but there's stuff in there, all right, so this is the first time, and the last time you hear about Enoch, for like thousands of years, okay, like eight verses, that's all we get of this guy, and just reading this, he might not come to the conclusion that this guy was the first prophet in all of history, okay? Because it doesn't really directly say that. But. Wait, doesn't seem a conclusion. Yeah, with eight verses to his name and a born in a boring geology chapter, this is the guy, okay? But he was. And that is confirmed all the way on the other side of the Bible in Jude, like right at the end. So you find this guy in the beginning and way at the end in Jude. All right. So which we'll read shortly. I'll I'll get there. But before we go into Jude, there's things in this chapter that alludes to Enoch being a prophet and the task that he was assigned by God. And that clue is in the name of his son. Methuselah. All right. You see, any good Bible scholar knows these names usually have meanings. And when you find out what the meanings of these names are, it usually reveals a lot about the text, reveals a lot about that person. Okay. And Methuselah in Hebrew means when he dies, it shall be sent. Which, just on his face for the contemporary readers, like, hmm, well, that's a weird name. Walks up? What's your name? When I die, it shall be sent. What shall be sent? Maybe that's the question he was meant to ask. But so, yeah, it's a little weird name until you remember what happens two generations after Methuselah. And on top of that, on top of that knowledge, what happens two generations after Methuselah, you sprinkle in a little bit of satanic stuff, okay? Math, it is satanic. But you throw in some math, okay? (laughs) And you come to... (laughs) My wife's an accountant. (laughs) I hate it. I hate math. So if any of the kids ever come up to me like, "Dad, what's seven times 8 I'm going to like... Away from me, Satan. (laughs) Hallelujah. So when you throw in a little bit of that satanic stuff, along with knowing what comes two generations after, shut up, Aaron, I'm trying to focus, you come to learn that the year Methuselah died is the year God sent the flood upon the earth. The very year he died. So what does this reveal about Enoch? Enoch. Enoch knew about the coming judgment. God told him. How many of you in this room know that when you walk with God, He reveals things to you. Okay? And this is what Enoch did. He walked with God. And God revealed to him and showed him the coming judgment upon the earth. And Enoch, when naming his son, gave him a prophetic name as a warning to the entire world. Anyone who ever met Methuselah, okay? What's coming? Yeah. Okay. When he dies, judgment is coming. That is just his name. is He's a freaking billboard. Like this is coming. Make yourselves right with the Lord. Okay. So you better be prepared is basically what was going on. So take that and add to what we learned about Enoch and Jude in his role as a prophet and the task given to him by God becomes even clearer. Jude 1:14 through 15 Enoch who lived in the seventh generation after Adam prophesied about these people. He said, "Listen, the Lord is coming with countless thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on the people of the world." He will convict every person of all the ungodly things they have done for all the insults that ungodly sinners have spoken against Him. The task given to Enoch was to be a witness. A prophet. A missionary. To warn the people of the world of the judgment that was coming. To bring people to repentance. Repentance. And Enoch took that task, man. He took that task. He named his son, when it sh- when he dies, it shall be sent, okay? He took that task and he made his entire life a mission. He walked with God, obeying him, warning the world until the day he was gone, for God took him. And when his ministry concluded, when his son, the prophetic billboard Methuselah, when he died... When the day of the flood came, who all was on the ark? Open forum. Noah, Noah and his family. Something we can learn about ministry from Enoch. What makes, a, what makes a successful missionary in the eyes of God? We look at Enoch's ministry. He lived his entire life until God took him. Telling the people of the world that judgment was coming, calling to them to repentance. And after he left, his son was still upon the earth, a remnant of his ministry, declaring to the world that something is coming. Judgment is coming. And then when the judgment comes, the only person on the ark is Noah, his grandson and his family. No one came to God that we know of. From Enoch's ministry. And even say someone did that we don't know about, didn't make it two generations. Oftentimes, we see these spectacular praise reports of different missionaries with this many saved, this many baptized, and these are good things. Don't get me wrong, okay? (laughs) These are, no. These are awesome things, great things, worthy of celebration. But that in and of themselves is not what makes a successful ministry in the eyes of God. In God's eyes, a successful missionary is simply one that obeys. They may never have a single person who receives their message. Not a single person change their life and turn to God. But if that person obeyed, in God's eyes, that's a success. Enoch knew his task and he obeyed it. He carried out his mission and God was pleased with him. What is our task? So what is our mission? What is the task God has assigned to us today? Well, that can be found in the book of Mark. Mark 16, 15 through 18. And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. And they will speak new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Anyone know the name of this? The Great Commission. This is our mission. This is your task. This is our task. Are you obeying it? Are you a successful missionary in the eyes of God? Because ministry, missionaries are not just those guys who go abroad, those guys who bring tens of thousands of people to Christ. Okay? Says all the world. Okay? And in Acts 1, Jesus tells the disciples, You will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. If Jesus was up here in this room today, that saying would be a little bit different. This is what it would say. He will say, you will be my witnesses throughout Adam in Adams County, throughout Pennsylvania, the USA and to the ends of the earth. Every believer is a missionary because we all have a mission, a task assigned to to us just like Enoch. In fact, Enoch is a representation is a reflection of the church. He was placed on the earth before the coming judgment to warn and make the way for repentance before the coming judgment. That is the goal and the purpose of the church, the great commission. Since Jesus has left, we are now in the last days. Jesus' is, Jesus's is return and the judgment of the world is incoming. We all have a mission. And there's some things that I want to pray about with you guys. But before I go into that, all right, we talk about the missions meeting coming up. Now that we know we're all missionaries, we all have a task given to us. Are we obeying it? Well, I have an opportunity for you guys. Okay. If you haven't been obeying the mission that God has given you, here is something for you. We're going to Tanzania next year. If you guys haven't heard, we, it was Democrat, we were pump, Democratic Republic of the Congo, but that has changed and we are now going to Tanzania with Mission SOS next year, okay? And I hope that if you are not being obedient to the task given to me, you won't wait until next year to do it. But next year is an additional opportunity for you to go and to perform your task. The Great Commission. To go and to preach to those about Jesus. Telling them your testimonies. Much like last week when you guys were up here doing your testimonies. You will be doing that in the streets of Tanzania, leading people to Jesus. And I hope that if that speaks to you, you'll be in that meeting afterwards, alright? Also, if when I say that money comes to your mind, you're like, man, I am interested, but the money... Listen, money comes later. This is an interest meeting that we have here after I get off the stage. An interest meeting. If you are interested, come. We'll worry about the money later. God provides. Okay? And it isn't, uh, isn't, uh, I'm going to go home and pray and ask God if I should go. God, I just read the Great Commission. God's told us to go. Whether or not God's like, this trip for you, I will provide. That's really the question you need to ask. But that comes later. All right, when you read the Great Commission in Mark, can you put that back on the screen? Great Commission. Oh, it's still up there? Sweet. Already ahead of me. When you read about the Great Commission in Mark, if you have any doubt in your heart when you read this, that God can use you in the ways listed in this passage, or you have never had God use you in those ways, or you question even whether or not miracles can still happen today, I really hope you come to that meeting, okay? Because on this trip, I tell you, God will use you. You will see miracles, I've been on this, these SOS trips. I went to SOS's training school. My brother, my brother currently works for them. My sister worked for them. My dad worked for them. I've been on these trips. And they have a slogan, live the book of Acts, and that is no joke. The things you read about in the book of Acts still happen today. And if you come along with us and God provides for you the finances to go on this trip, you will see the miraculous. Okay. All those doubts will be gone. I, when I was there, okay, I saw the eyes of people who were blind opened. We were there. We were on the ground. OK, uh, we were doing some ministry and one of the like church, one of the like uh, uh, she's like the mom of the school. She goes out and it's at a clinic and there's four ladies sitting there. All of them are blind. She goes up, she's talking to them. She prays over them. Each one of those four ladies eyes were opened. And I witnessed that with my own eyes. I've seen people who come in wheelchairs, will wheel, stand up and wheel their wheelchairs outside of the stadium after the service. You don't believe in the demon possessed and the, that you have the authority to cast out demons. Say you are fearful of demons because it is something that you do not quite understand. When you look into the eyes of a demon possessed girl and you see the fear in that, in those eyes, when you're praying, I'll tell you what though, those eyes like the, the the eyes of someone who is manifested, like you see it, you see the evil and then when you start praying you see the fear. Demons ain't nothing, bro. All right? When you come in there full of the Holy Spirit preaching and telling them to leave, the fear of God enters them like that and they struggle and they fight and it might take a while, but they are going to leave and that person is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and receive life everlasting if you if that speaks to your heart i want to see you on this trip because i know that there's so many american christians these things don't always happen here because we have other options frankly them it's like if i don't go to the preacher and if god don't help me i'm going to die so them and god there's there's an anointing about that i mean i'm not saying modern medicine is awesome okay don't 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 get me wrong But they go there desperate and this is the only thing and God sees that and he's like, I'm going to work in it because faith rises in those moments. I want to see a church here, each and every one of you who can stand on their beliefs and not be shaken because I have seen the works of God. I have seen what the Holy Spirit can do when you put him in a situation to move and he will move and he will move through you. He will move through the lives of those around you. He will change the lives of each and every person you come into contact with. If you obey him and you give your testimony, it will stick in the hearts of those listening. They will respond and you will be meeting them in heaven after you die. And there are some of those there that you will preach to and you might not even see the seeds that you have planted, but when you go to heaven and Jesus reveals to you that you said something to them and they said something to someone else and they said something to someone else and there will be a sea of people whose lives were changed because of an obedient moment. This is what missions is. I love missions. You can start the start the music. <laughs> I talk too fast, guys. I like I looked at the time, and the, you were like, "Man, he's talking slow. I, I, I went through this way faster than I thought I would, but it's okay. It's okay. We'll start the mission. Everything will be good. All right. Candice might be like, you might need to make that a few pages as longer. This is the same pages as all the other ones. All right. I talk really fast, but God wants to use you. He will use you where you're at, but there's something special. There's something special about overseas missions. I'm telling you, you're all you, every single one of you is missionaries. Here, Adams County, Pennsylvania. And I hope that you're doing what God's called you to do. I hope you're being obedient. You might not see like Enoch a single person, but if you are obedient, you are successful in the eyes of God, and God will give you so much love for that. Alright. But I want to see you back there in that meeting because I know what it's like overseas. And I want to see each and every one of you. I was talking to someone once and they asked me, they're like, I was talking about the hard times in my life. where the farthest I've ever been from God. And I was like, even in those moments, I couldn't stay away from God completely. I couldn't push him out of my life. And they asked me, like, how did you stay with how in those, all those times did you never like leave God? It's like, because I've seen the works of God and I can't deny it. My faith has been so- solid. When people come to me with questions and things that I do not have the answer for, things that normally would shake my faith, It doesn't because i know god exists i've seen it i prayed over people and i've seen the impact in their lives i've seen people in wheelchairs get up i've seen the blind eyes see you cannot convince me that god does not exist i may not know everything i am not meant to know everything you might come to me with your own things that hold you back from the gospel but that cannot impact me because of what i've seen and that is what i want for each and every one of you to have in your belt You're like, Christian work belt. You're like, man, I don't know everything, but I know that God is real and that he uses people still today. The Holy Spirit is still alive today. I'm excited for that missions trip next year. Me and Aaron will be leading it and we'll be back there giving you guys all the information that you need after I'm off this stage. And I hope you guys come. I hope you receive the information that you need and then i hope that you go home and ask god is this one that will be provided because it isn't god is this a trip that you want me to go on is this one i'm called to go on he's given you your task it's your job to be obedient and if god provides he provides and if he doesn't well you're still a missionary at home all right i'd like to pray for you guys before i close today You can bow your head and close your eyes. If you haven't been obedient to the task that God has assigned you, assigned all of us, we all have the same task, the Great Commission. You know, it might take different forms. It might be for different people that we are to witness to, but we all ultimately have the same task. As Mark says, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone if you have not been obedient to this and you would like to make a commitment today in front of God that you will obey your task, then I would love to pray for you this morning and pray blessings over you and your obedience. If that is you, I'll give you three seconds. Think about it. Okay? And then if that is you, raise your hand today and I'm honored to pray over you. Three, two... If that's you, raise your hand up and I'm going to say prayer. God, I thank you for these hands, Jesus. And I pray, God, that everyone whose hands are not up, Jesus, that they are already obeying it. But God, for those with their hands up, you see them. You see their commitment, God. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you come upon them in a powerful way, Jesus, to go and be witnesses to everyone around them, to go and be to be witnesses wherever you provide for them to go, Jesus. Use them, God. Holy Spirit, come alive in them and let them speak without fear. Speak things that maybe they don't even know. Holy Spirit, speak through them to be witnesses to those who have never heard the name of Jesus, God. I pray that you extend your blessings and your grace towards them as they make this decision. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. There's one more thing I'd like to pray for you guys about today. As I said, our task is to go into the world. All right. Enoch's task, you know, he he didn't, unfortunately for him, he didn't have the gospel. What he brought wasn't exactly the best news. Like, hey, I mean, you're all going to die unless you repent. We're blessed today. We have the gospel, the good news. The word says, blessed are those who bring good news. And that's each and every one of us. The good news that Jesus Christ died, and this is the good news for those of you who have not received Jesus. This is the news that we preach. We are sinful people. That's just obvious. You do things that you don't want to do. You do things that you should know you don't do things that you know you should do. You violate your own conscience, and in the court of law, there's different penalties for different things. Okay, you like go and you kill maybe you're maybe the sentence is years in jail you see in the heavenly courts any sin in your life at all i don't care what it is a little white lie anything in your life that is sinful in the courts of heaven the penalty is death and God saw that, saw the predicament of mankind, and in his love and his grace, he sent his son to take the penalty for each and every one of us of death and put it once and for all time onto his son who died on a cross to pay for that penalty. That penalty is no we don't have, we don't have to die. We don't have to die eternally, we don't have to go to hell because Jesus has paid that. That gift is open to each and every person in this room. You just have to take hold of it and let the Holy Spirit change your life. If anyone in this room, that gospel speaks to your heart, I would love to pray for you this morning. Okay, because the Bible also says, John 3:16, for God so loved the world, he sent his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life this is spoken to you, and you have a heart of faith, and you have never received Jesus, and you would like to do that this morning, then I'm going to give you a second to think. And I would love to pray with you this morning to accept Jesus into your life. I'll give you three seconds. If that is you, please raise your hand. There will be someone who will come by, and he will give you a card of great places to start now. But this is how it goes. For... If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you will be saved. So this is what we're going to do. All right. If you are, if you are raising your hand, then pray along with me. Jesus, I thank you for paying my penalty for the sin that I have done. I believe that you were raised from the dead. I believe that you are God. Please save me change me give me a new heart give me a new soul and a new mind jesus renew me and give, make me in right relationship with you again in jesus name i pray amen if that is you this morning give it up for him <clears throat> welcome to the family of christ because that's what it is you now you've gained a whole new family with a whole new mission in life to go and preach the same gospel that saved you to others. Again, right after this, the right down the hallway, it's in uh, yeah, right down the hallway, last door on the right, we'll have the missions meeting. If anything that I said up here interested you and spoke to your heart, please come back. We'll give you all the information and then you can pray and start raising money and you know, just have faith. That God will provide It's. I mean, I get it. It's a lot of money. I, I've had the race for mission trips, and there was times where, you know, it, it didn't happen in times where God provided. And I believe that God will provide for you guys. So thank you for allowing me up here this morning to preach to you guys. That's
0: what I got. Yeah, thank you, Isaiah. Would you all stand with me? Let's give him one more hand. I'm so proud of him and his ministry to our teens doing such a good job and really we'd love to have you at that missions meeting right after service today Aaron and isaiah are so excited to lead that trip i'm so bummed i can't go but it's going to be an amazing trip next june please please do sign up get all the info you need today let's pray a prayer of blessing over you before we go today father thank you so much for this word Thank you that you are using each and every one of us to take ground for you. That as we step out in obedience, as we are obedient to even just the little things that your spirit prompts us to do, that we are making a difference in this world. God, I pray that you would use each and every person. has connections to freedom valley that you would use us as we leave here today in our world in our circle of influence the people that we see every single day use us as missionaries in our world help us share our stories help us pray over the hurting and the broken give us a mission each and every day and let us be obedient to that bless each and every person here as we go today in jesus name Amen. Thank you all for joining us today. Love you all. See you back at the meeting. Please get prayer down here around the front before you leave, if you'd like that. See you next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to IMN. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.